Welcome everyone to the Money Mentors podcast. My name is Glenn Fairburn and I co-host this program with Nathan Lear. We're both directors and private client advisors at Hewlson Private Wealth, which is one of Australia's leading independent and financial planning firms. Um, this week, Nathan and I have a bit of a chat about a recent report released by the Grattan Institute, just talking about whether people will or will not accumulate enough money um, to provide for their retirement. Um, so we hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Welcome to this episode of the Money Mentors Podcast. So today, Glenn and I want to have a chat about something that came out recently, um, a report that was put out by the Grattan Institute, who basically uh, rejects the claim that the mandated level of um, employer superannuation contributions needs to increase to, to 12%. So um, super contributions, um, or I guess the superannuation scheme has been in for you know, a good 30 odd years now where um, we have seen the level of um, mandated contributions r- rising significantly. Um, more recently, although they're at 9% for quite a while and, and now they've been mandated to, to go up to 12%. Now just for a bit of background, many people out there claim that that 12% is not even enough, that perhaps it could go as high as, say, 15%. So, yeah, the Grattan Institute has come out and said that um, that's, that's not entirely, in their view anyway, that's, this is not entirely accurate, um, that it probably depends on the circumstances of the individual. So, Glenn, Glenn you've had a kind of a read through some of the information. How, how was, what was your take on that? I think just in general terms, it depends on what assumptions you're making because if you're taking into account the fact that you may be eligible for the age pension, then then yes, maybe the 9.5% is sufficient depending on what your desired standing of, standard of living is in retirement. However, I think most um, analysis which is done on forecasting whether people will have enough to meet their income needs, perhaps it takes into account the fact that there's no certainty with regards to the future of, of the age pension. And I suppose that's the biggest challenge for a lot of not just Western countries, but a, a lot of um, countries around the world with aging populations is that the burden on Social Security will continue to grow as as the baby boomers move into that retirement period. So I think that for people, younger people now, um, planning their retirement on the assumption that they might get a full pension or a part pension, I, I just don't know whether that's the prudent thing to do. Um, because if you do, then yeah, you might you might look at your situation and say, well, you know, if I'm putting nine nine and a half percent of my salary into superannuation each year, and I continue working up until age sixty five or seventy, then the combination of that together with the the full age pension, which at the moment is just over thirty thousand, you might say, well, that that is going to be enough. Um, and and I think a lot of the research that that the Grattan Institute have done is based on that premise that it's really a combination of superannuation and age pension that that will enable people to meet their income needs but I, I don't know about you Nathan but I just don't know whether that's the prudent thing to do because we've seen how much in particular not just superannuation but we've also seen how much the age pension has been tinkered with over the years where it used to be for people who had up to 1.2 million dollars now it's been reduced down to just over eight hundred thousand dollars so do you really want to sort of be subject to those those potential changes, I think that's where it's sort of up for debate, isn't it, as to whether you'll accumulate enough or not is based on the fact as to whether you intend to rely on part of the age pension or whether you want to completely self-fund. Mm. Uh, in a perfect world, you're not, you're not relying on, on any 
probably any support you yourself self-funding um hopefully got yourself in a position where you can can generate enough enough income from from your your own your own assets that you've built up over your lifetime just to just wanted to pull out a a point from from what um, the Grattan Institute said um, the financial services industry fear factory encourages Australians to worry unnecessarily about whether they'll have enough money in retirement um, so so they've they, they basically think that there's a bit of fear-mongering going on here amongst, um, you know, perhaps the some of the, the, the industry funds or superannuation funds where they're um, kind of fear-mongering them into putting more more money than perhaps well, they need. Are, I mean, there probably are conflicts of interest there, aren't there? I mean, it's without, you know, making assumptions, it, it's in the financial services' best interest to have people put as much money into superannuation as possible, isn't it? You're talking about industry funds, retail funds... Yeah. Of course, advisors. Of course, it is like it, that. Well, whether they're doing the wrong thing by saying that is, yeah. kind of, unless you're in somebody's head or that boardroom, maybe that's right. You, you don't really know that, but um, and and just just on from that, the institute modelling, um, even allowing for inflation, showed that workers today could expect a retirement income of ninety one percent of their pre-retirement income. So they're basically their modelling is showing that even you know with the current set of circumstances that. Um, retirees can have 91% of their pre-retirement income. One, one point, did you have something there, Glenn? I was just going to say, I think that that also, as I was saying to uh, saying earlier, that assumes that they're eligible for the age pension, doesn't it? Like most yeah. most yeah. people aren't probably aren't going to accumulate the level of capital which would render them mm. not eligible. Mm. Um, so even if you're getting half the pension, that's still fifteen odd thousand dollars per year. And then, if you supplement that with a little bit of pe- with a little bit of superannuation income, you probably are going to get up to a point where you're at the average income. So this is all about averages we're talking about, isn't it? Mm. Like it's it's just the average income. Is the average person going to be able to accumulate enough assets to meet their income needs mm. through a combination of super pension and maybe a selling pension? Because if you look at some of their recommendations, aside from the fact that they say the um, superannuation guarantee should remain at nine point five percent. They're also recommending that the age pension asset test taper rate should be reduced to $2.25 each per fortnight for every $1,000 instead of $3. So basically what they're saying is that for every $1,000 above the allowable threshold, your pension should only reduce by $2.25 instead of $3. So they're being a bit more lenient on the um, age pension assessment levels there. Um, They've also suggested that the annual superannuation pre-tax contribution limit should be 11,000 instead of 25,000 um, you know that the value of the home should be included so there's a number of assumptions you know or recommendations that they've made um, which probably limit or reduce the tax effectiveness of superannuation and maybe increase the level of pension that people are getting so there's a number of different variables from what I can see in the report anyway yeah the um the report was obviously um <laughs> met with opposition from um so the association of financial um uh, asfa which is association of super funds i believe i might have yeah. said that wrong but australian super funds association so sorry australian super funds association the uh, chief executive um dr martin fahi once again apologies if i pronounce that surname wrong um said the report was about um two australians one with a fully funded um high 
high-earning retirees and the rest that rely on the government. Um, and he basically went on to say that the Grattan Institute wants to dismantle our world-class retirement funding system and replace it with a model that has two-thirds of the population re- relying on the on the age pension, which yeah, was what, which is what we've been saying, isn't which it? Which is what Glenn, you were speaking about a lot. That um, you know, they're they're kind of moving to a model where people are relying or suggesting where, where people can rely on government support or partially anyway government support. Where um, perhaps the opposing view to that is that um, there's a bit of risk. There's a bit of risk in relying and on the government age pension we've seen in many years how it has been has been cut significantly mm. um so you don't want to be in a position where maybe you're in retirement and um and you know, your income is just you have no control over it well th- i cut. think that's that's a key point is that you can only control what you can control you can't control what future governments might do or what what Centrelink may do in future all you can control is what your desired standard of living is and what you need to do to achieve that objective um and i think you know, I've said to clients quite a bit, my job as an advisor is to get you in a position where you're not eligible for the age pension because hopefully that means that you've built up, you know, a very strong, solid financial position where you're not reliant on that safety net. Um, and, and I think that's still the prudent course of action to take because, as you know, if you're relying on the age pension at its current level, we've seen how, how that can change. So, you know, you could be exposing yourself to that risk if you if you just assume that nine point five percent is enough, it's probably not going to be if you're not if you don't have it. Well, it won't be if you don't get the age pension. When um when we're working with our clients, or when I'm working with a client, I I definitely obviously it's very um it's it's very dependent on your individual circumstances or as a, as a couple. So yeah, um you know we're 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 working towards putting in place a plan which you know could include maximizing superannuation contributions well via salary sacrifice and and other other contributions so you know in in future years of retirement it could be uh, sorry in future years um of your working life it could be a lot more than than 12 percent yeah to be right. honest like if you can yeah if you've got the financial if you means can. to do that i mean we've spoken a lot on these podcasts about in the early years of um of your working life you're gonna you're gonna be focusing on debt repayment and then as you get a bit older maybe you know, having children school fees and then and then when you get into the the final years of your working life it perhaps it is going to have you have a lot more free cash flow you will be funneling into superannuation um so i think i guess the point i'm trying to make here is that it's it's very much dependent on your individual circumstances how much you need to put away into superannuation and i mean i know governments are there to, to do a reason and try and you know protect i guess the integrity of the economy and the social security system but you know you could have one person where um you know they need to need to put a lot more than than 12 percent where you might have someone else where it's a completely different circumstance. Yeah, I mean, everyone's different. It's interesting that the report um, said that ASFA's comfortable standard measure of retirement was too high. Um, so basically what they're saying is that what the superannuation industry body regard as, as, a, um, as a comfortable retirement was, was well beyond what 80% of the people would classify or, or would basically experience as a comfortable life. Um, and, and the comment that they made was that they tend to that as people get older that they tend to cut back um, their expenditure not because they don't have the ability to spend but because they don't have as much energy to spend on things like travel recreation eating out i mean that's a pretty generic comment isn't it yeah look it is but i mean i was thinking about that that actual point a fair bit and I mean, we see this a lot with our clients because we, we deal with a lot of clients that enter retirement. In the early years of retirement, this is a generalization, but I think generally speaking, they they, they spend poss- a lot possibly more. spend a bit more because they are, they're traveling, they're, they've got more time, uh, might be eating out more. But 
as the clients get older, um, you know, whether it's their 80s, 90s, whatever it might be, that kind of stuff does slow down. So yeah. in, in a lot of the, the modeling that even we do, but a lot of financial advisors do, you want to try and replicate the, the income. So if somebody's earning $100,000 a year when they hit 60 and they want to retire, we ideally we want to replicate that $100,000 a year. But in, in reality, they might need, I don't know, $120,000 um, a year in the first couple of years if they're traveling a lot but 10 20 years later that 120 that they might need in the early years could it could honestly it could go down to forgetting about inflation for a second it could go down to you know eighty thousand dollars seventy thousand dollars yeah and i suppose the, the risk always is that you know w- we're looking at this um based on current conditions like you know health care and things like that i mean 30 years ago to talk about you know the average life expectancy being in the mid 80s most people life expectancy was a lot less so you need to factor in the, the point that you know who's to say that people you know in their 80s might not be able to live a life that people in their early 70s live now so perhaps you know the ability to travel and and, and do all those sorts of more active things does become more prevalent as you get older because you're able to your body's in better condition there's better better medical treatment things like that and, and you are right with through our experience most people probably spend more that first five to ten years of retirement and maybe that tapers off in the middle into the middle part but the other thing that tends to happen is that medical expenses can go up substantially later in retirement as well mm. like if you're moving into aged care um, depending on your asset position if there's if you're a member of a couple and you've got one person who's who's in the home or sorry in in the um, family home and the other person's in aged care that can be extremely expensive mm. so that that's where you know, I think it's probably not that prudent to be saying that, you know, as people get older, they don't spend as much money because I think they they perhaps spend money but in different areas mm. as they as they do get older. Mm. Um, we're, we're big, I mean, I haven't gone into the detail of the, the modeling of the report, but I mean, we're, we're big on, on having our clients build a portfolio that can that can generate a passive income stream to return the income that they need um, on a you know on a yearly basis, where the capital can be left intact and intact, where where a lot of a lot of other um, you know perhaps a lot of other people might look at it differently and think about exhausting uh, the capital base. So you build up a pool of wealth and, and you, you know you might draw down that draw down that that level of wealth, hopefully well not hopefully necessarily, but by the time you your life expectancy is up, um, it could be worth zero. Um, so that that's probably I just wanted to make that point because that that's another I mean consideration with with how we're talking to clients um, we want them to build a portfolio that can continue to actually grow the capital actually grow in value yeah and look the advantage of that sort of situation is that and we've seen this in the markets in the last couple of weeks but there's, where there's been a lot of volatility now it may just be coincidental that the time you're drawing down your monthly pension payment or a lump sum amount of money for a trip or something like that, the markets are down 10%. So if, you're, if your portfolio is not generating the cash flow to give you that income for that expenditure, then you are drawing down on capital. Then unfortunately, you know you may be drawing down on capital at, in a, at a down point in the market. So as you were saying, Nathan, I think the advantage of having a portfolio that's generating the cash flow for you to live off is that you don't have to worry about the short-term movements in, in markets because we know that over a long period of time, markets go up. So what you want is a position where, you know, the cash flow alone that's being generated by the portfolio is enough to meet your needs. And I know we've spoken about this a few times, but we often use sort of the factor of 20 where, you know, whatever level of income you need to live on, 
if you want to determine how much money or, or investments you need in super or in superannuation or retirement assets, you just multiply it by 20. So if you need $50,000 a year, we would generally say you probably need north of a million dollars to sustain that level of income. So I think that's just putting you in a position where um, you're protecting yourself against the downside, isn't it? Like you're just ticking, ticking all the boxes, crossing all the T's, dotting all the I's so that you can withstand anything that retirement might throw at you. Yeah, and that's probably the, the the gold standard or the you know the preferred preferred method where you know you put yourself in a in a good financial position where you can do that. But look, not not everybody. Let's be realistic here. Not everybody's going to be that fortunate in in life, and and they they may be forced to be in a position where they have to draw down on on their capital base. And you know, if they do need a chunk of money for a car or a holiday, they they may have to take take that out of the capital of their portfolio, which could work against them if perhaps the market's um volatile um yeah and that's where you know age pensions come into it um government support where if you do draw down on your assets your your level of pension uh age pension might might increase to kind of offset the reduction in your income so there is quite a few moving moving parts here Um, oh there's so many variables that you know it's always difficult to do this sort of modeling because if you take if you assume that things in future will be as they are now you're probably already wrong because you just look at the last three to five years how much has changed so if we, we were doing projections 10 years ago assuming those rules those projections are blown out of the water aren't they because people who were previously eligible may not be eligible and that's i mean it's very difficult to say but you could only assume that with an aging population that the eligibility for the pension is going to become harder and harder mm-hmm. and they might push the age eligibility out even further um so as, as i was saying I mean, my, my suggestion would be that just try and put yourself in the best possible position. Maybe don't panic about, oh, I'm never going to have enough money to retire. But I, I still think it's important to have that eye on the future and say, well, all, all I can control is what I can and I'll put as much as I can to help me build up a you know, a solid asset base for the future. Yeah. yeah, yeah work, I mean, if you have an advisor, work, work with your advisor and uh, hopefully devise a, a bit of a plan for your specific situation. Um, you, you do have to build in assumptions and look, and invariably those assumptions will kind of change significantly over time but all you and can make do them is, conservative like the yep. assumptions that you make you know ha- have a more conservative approach with earnings um, with eligibility to the pension with what you can contribute and just i mean there's plenty of good calculators online i know the money smart website have a number of good retirement projection calculators there's a number of tools available where you can sort of you know see yourself a little bit of a scene as to what it might look like in future and then what you need to do to hopefully um, achieve what it is that you want to achieve in retirement. Yeah, do the do the work and um, you know, have a think about what income you need in retirement and, and what level of capital maybe you would need to support that. I mean, Glenn mentioned earlier the the rule of 20 where you, know, you times by 20 the, the level of um, annual income that, that you want to spend. So if you want to spend $50,000 a year, you've got to work towards that million-dollar target. How much to, to accumulate that million-dollar target, how much do you need to start putting away? And that's where some of these calculators out there um, can help you with that if you if you put in X amount a year and whether you work off twelve percent, your super mandated superannuation employer, employer contributions build in a conservative return. Um, that'll give you a lot more control over over what you need to build, and that also you know, around when you can retire as well. Um, all right, I think we'll I think we'll wrap up there, Glenn. So just just thought, look, this this kind of report caught our eye. Um, it was you know debated in the financial circles, um, caused a bit of yeah heated debate. 
Um, I think, you know, just to wrap up our take is it's, um, it is difficult to predict these things out so many years and just build a, build a plan that's a financial plan that's um, appropriate to your circumstances. So thanks once again for listening. Look forward. Thanks everybody for listening again to another episode of the Money Mentors podcast. Um, if you enjoy the, the content, please do subscribe to the podcast um, via um, any good po- podcasting app. Um, once again, please check out our major sponsors website, Hewison Private Wealth. Um, so just, just search for Hewison Private Wealth online. Also check out Hewison Private Wealth's um, social media channels, Facebook, LinkedIn or Twitter. Um, thanks again. We'll see you next week.